to the Very Well Mind podcast. We've interviewed over 100 authors, experts, entrepreneurs, athletes, musicians, and others to help you learn strategies to care for your mental health. This episode is hosted by psychotherapist and best-selling author Amy Morin. Now let's get into the episode. You're listening to The Friday Fix. Every Friday, I share a quick mental strength strategy that can help fix the thoughts, feelings, and actions that can hold you back in life. Today, I'm talking about 30-day challenges. I'll explain why they sometimes work so well, the issues that make them not work so well, and some challenges that you can choose to do for yourself. Before I did this episode, I ran a poll on Instagram to learn how many of you have tried 30-day challenges. 44% of you said that you've tried at least one kind of 30-day challenge. Some of you then sent me private messages to explain what your challenge was and how it worked. One person said that they tried a 30-day challenge to give up alcohol. They felt so good after the 30 days that they decided to then try to give it up for a whole year. Many of you said that you tried specific diet challenges, like Whole30, but almost everyone who said that they tried something like that said it was really tough to restrict their diet. And almost everyone went back to their regular eating habits because of the convenience, the cost, or because they just felt like it wasn't sustainable. Thought that was interesting. You've probably seen lots of social media ads for various 30-day challenges. They're usually weight loss challenges or some kind of a workout challenge. And sometimes I suspect they're a bit of a gimmick, but I also have firsthand experience in knowing that they can work. I've talked about this on the show a little bit before that I did a 30-day challenge to see if I could get six-pack abs. It felt somewhat impossible, but I knew somebody else who had done it, so I wanted to try it for myself. I called a trainer named Robert Brace, who's known for getting people in shape fast. But he lives in New York City, and I warned him that I don't, but that if he told me what to do, I promised to work out from home. At that point in time, I was in my house in Maine for a month. So I said, I'll buy some dumbbells and a yoga mat and I'll do whatever you tell me to do as long as it's not extreme. And I didn't want to do anything that was potentially unhealthy. So we did meet in person once and he suggested that I make just a couple changes to my diet, like increasing my protein intake. And he gave me some exercises to get me started. In fact, I started before my dumbbells could even arrive from Amazon. But I had spent most of my adult life working out to some extent. Exercising was on my priority list, but it usually landed probably around number five on the list. So for this challenge, I decided that for the next 30 days, I was going to kick it into high gear. I wanted to know what would happen if I made working out my number one priority for a whole month. And that meant for 30 days, I had to make some sacrifices. I had less time to spend with friends and family, less time to do fun things, and less time to write. But in that one month, I built more muscle than I had in 20 years of exercising. I didn't intend to make my challenge public, but Robert had encouraged me to take before and after pictures. He assumed I'd want them just so I could see my progress because sometimes it's hard to tell if you're actually making progress when you look in the mirror every single day. But it led to way better results than I ever imagined. And I've shared my before and after pictures before on Instagram. And in fact, when Robert's gone on Good Day New York, he's shown them as well just to show people what's possible. And I discovered that, yes, it is indeed possible to get six-pack abs in 30 days if you're in moderately good shape to begin with. In the three years since then, though, I found that it's been fairly easy to keep the muscle that I built. I haven't had to make 
fitness my number one priority and I, I don't really follow that strict of a diet anymore. And so taking care of my health is still a top priority, but it doesn't have to stay the number one priority. But that whole experience made me realize how often we keep something, say it like number five or number six on our priority list, and it never really gets the attention it deserves. But if we bump it up to number one for just 30 days, we see results. And then it's much easier to keep those results, even if that thing that we're doing slides back to, say, number five on the priority list. Since that time, I've worked with a lot of people who wanted to create their own 30-day challenges. I usually suggest people pick something that feels like it's always nagging at them. Maybe something you always felt like you should do, but never really have time to get around to. Like maybe you feel like you should always clean the house or you should tackle your debt. It's likely that those things you feel that you should do, but never get around to doing, are just a little too far down on your priority list to get the attention that they need. But if you bump that thing up to number one for a month, you might find that it's easy to manage after that. Like if you spent a whole month decluttering your house, once that month is over, cleaning the house is going to be really easy and it won't take up nearly as much time. Here are a few more reasons why you might want to try a 30-day challenge. Number one, you want to experiment with something new to see if it makes life better, worse, or no different. Sometimes we avoid making a change because we don't think it's going to help. But if it's only a 30-day commitment, you might feel better about giving it a try. Number two, you struggle to stay motivated with something. For my 30-day challenge, I didn't have room to make excuses. If I wanted to see results, I had to stick to the program. And it was easy to remind myself I could stick to it for 30 days, and every single one of those 30 days counted. Number three, you want to see how much you can accomplish. We underestimate how much we can do in an hour a day. Devoting a little time to something every single day adds up. Obviously, though, you can't make yourself lose 100 pounds in a month, so don't tempt yourself into doing something dangerously unhealthy. But you might find you can walk 100 miles in a month if you put your mind to it. And number four, you'll get moving fast. New Year's resolutions often fail because people set a goal for the year, like I want to get in better shape. But it's really easy to procrastinate when you have 365 days to work on that. You'll likely take action when you give yourself a 30-day deadline. Now, there are lots of different ways you could set up a 30-day challenge. You have to decide what sort of goal will work best for you personally. My 30-day challenge was to see if I could get six-pack abs. Personally, for me, that worked. But for someone else, a better goal might be to work out for 30 minutes a day. Another person might find they do best by focusing on a task rather than a timeline. So they might decide they're going to do 10 exercises a day, regardless of how long that takes. Throughout the month, though, your brain will try to get you to cheat. It's going to tell you that you've worked really hard and you don't need to stick with it today. Or it will find a million excuses why you should just give up. So it's important to think ahead about the type of goal that might help you stay on track. You might find if you have a goal to do something for an hour a day, you could easily waste 45 minutes of that hour just scrolling through your phone. On the other hand, if you commit to doing 10 exercises a day, you might find that you're so tempted to rush through them fast that you just check them off the list and you don't actually get much out of it. So as you design your 30-day challenge, you'll need to think about what's going to work best for your personality. Here are some examples of 30-day challenges you might try. Number one. Pay off as much debt as you can in 30 days. That might involve getting a part-time job, selling stuff that you don't need, or just curbing your spending. 
Alternatively, you might aim for a specific goal, like saving $500 a month or paying down $1,000 in debt. Number two, fill a bag every day with things that you can donate or throw away to clear clutter from your house. Number three, write a book or write a thousand words a day for a month. Number four, do full splits in 30 days. There are lots of online stretching programs that claim they can help you become flexible enough to do splits within a month. Number five, perform an act of kindness every day. You might decide to volunteer for an hour a day, or maybe once a day you write a letter of gratitude to someone in your life. I had several people tell me on my Instagram poll that they did gratitude challenges and that it made them much happier by the end of the month. But it's up to you what kind of 30-day challenge you create. Try a social experiment, pick a specific mental strength exercise to practice, learn a new skill, or try to crush a specific goal and see what happens. I found that whenever I'm feeling a little bit stuck in life, creating a new 30-day challenge for myself wakes me up and gets me moving. It reminds me that I'm more capable and more competent than I probably give myself credit for. That's not to say that all my 30-day challenges have been successful. They haven't. I've started some and then got derailed because something else came up, like the opportunity to write another book. And that's caused me to abandon whatever I thought I was going to accomplish in a month. But I'm reminded I can always start another challenge at another time. And the good news is you don't have to wait until the first of the month. And you don't need to make it a life-altering goal, but you can use it as a chance to experiment with something new. So give it a shot. Create your own 30-day challenge, and I'd love to hear how it works out for you. Thank you for listening to the Very Well Mind podcast. If you found this episode informative, please share the episode with your friends and family and leave a rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts. To learn more about the Very Well Mind podcast, you can head to verywellmind.com slash podcasts.